Yeah, one of our calling cards, I think, has always been that we try and showcase some of those firms that don't get a lot of attention. I get calls from probably 30, 40, 50 of those firms. We don't want them all at T3 because a lot of them we just think don't have legs, right? But the ones that we think do, we want to bring them to the attention of the advisor public and to the ecosystem at large. In a world where the rate of change is constantly increasing, it's become harder and harder to keep up with the latest innovative technology products. The T3 conferences produced by Joel Bruckenstein have been a boon to the wealth management industry, bringing in a large cross-section of vendors and clients together in one place to share information about how to improve the advisor tech stack. I spoke to Joel about how M&A activity has been surprisingly high since the pandemic started to wane, about new events being planned for this year's T3 conference, and a whole lot more on this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Welcome to the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, the founder and CEO of Ezra Group Consulting. We help enterprise wealth firms, asset managers, banks, and wealth tech vendors make better business and technology decisions. Please check us out at EzraGroupLLC.com. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices in wealth management technology. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. And I'd like everyone to know uh, the T3 conference this year is going to be the end of September. And if you would like to go, you can use the code EZRA2021EZRA2021 to get a discount off your purchase price of your tickets or your sponsorships or whatever you would like. So please go to the T3 uh, conference website, sign up, use the code EZRA2021 for a discount. I'm happy to introduce my guest for this episode is Joel Bruckenstein, uh, producer of the T3 conferences, consultant extraordinaire, co-author of the T3 Inside Information Technology Survey, and the soon-to-be-released T3 Inside Information Conference Survey. Hello, Joel. Hello, Craig. How are you? (laughs) That's the longest intro I've ever read. I'm sure it's not. (laughs) (laughs) But it's well worth it. I'm doing great, man. How are you? Great. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you're here. You were a guest on episode number one. And now you're going to be guest on episode 100. How do you feel? How does it make you feel? I am honored. Just like I'm honored to know that you have been at just about every T3 conference we've ever done. Almost. I've done my best. I think I missed like one or two of the very, very early ones. Like when you were still doing, uh, like when, when copier vendors were still showing up, but (laughs) I've been to a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, it's a great conference, uh, you know, and um, it's always, it's always brought out some great um, companies and great content. And that's, that's why I went before I even knew you when I went in the first place was because of the content that I liked the sessions and the panels. And then of course the networking. Well, it's funny you say that because going all the way back to when I was a chapter president of uh, FPA or even before that, when I was on the board of one of the local FPA chapters in the New York area, I always argued that content is king, right? If you have great content, that's what people care about most of all. 
And one of the findings in our survey that's coming out basically confirms that. I mean, the good advisors, the ones that you want at a conference, they have almost an unlimited amount of content that's available to them in so many conferences today. So what really, you know, motivates somebody to go to a conference? Yeah, it's great to have good food. It's great to have a great location, but they can afford that on their own. What they want is, you know, real valuable information that's actionable for them. Exactly. So uh, why don't you give us a 30 second overview of what T3 is for anyone who's listening who doesn't know? So T3 is the only true technology conference for RIAs that's just technology. There's a lot of other conferences out there that have technology track that do a little bit of technology. You know, from our founding, the premise was we want to do a conference that's just about technology for advisors. And we don't just want in the exhibitor booths, salespeople. We want developers. We want the people who run those companies. We want them to be able to interact directly with advisors and, you know, to have a conversation and to get real feedback. Because what I found early in my career as an RIA is, you know, I tell a sales guy something, it never got to the developers. It certainly didn't get to the developers the way I said it. Um, and so I think it's really important for the people who develop technology for advisors to actually see advisors one, at least once a year. And that's part of the premise. And the other part is, you know, we want to introduce new firms that we think really can make an impact on an advisor's lives. And the other thing we want to do is, is be the place where everybody in the ecosystem gets together at least once a year. Yeah, it's important to get together. And we've, we've seen that as everyone's felt like they're missing stuff, you know, with the pandemic, everyone's stuck at home. They've, they've really felt that lack of human interaction, that lack of face-to-face. -face. And you guys are, are changing a bit due to the pandemic. You're combining what used to be two conferences, the enterprise and the advisor. So can you talk about that and how it's gonna change the, the feel of the conference? Sure. So first of all, let me say that a lot of my vendors for a number of years have been asking me to combine the two conferences and we were a little resistant to it, but you know, circumstances being what they are and really not having an opportunity to do a conference in the first half of the year. We already had a space booked for the fall. So we just said, we're going to wrap everything into one big conference. So we'll do a full close to a full week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday will be the advisor portion and perhaps scratch works, which we can talk about in a second. And then the latter half, of the week will be devoted more to enterprises. So it'll be probably, you know, a full day, whether it's two half days or one full day of enterprise. Sounds like a good mix. Yeah, because you've got all the vendors there and a lot of the vendors overlap. So why not do well, it? Well, first time? of all, a lot of the vendors overlap. And what we really found, particularly over the last three or four years, is a lot of the attendees overlap too. So historically, you know, in the first, let's say 10 years or more of T3 advisor, we got almost no broker dealer, bank, insurance company execs. Over the last few years, we found a lot of them were coming to advisor and it wasn't always the same people who would go to advisor at enterprise, but they would go to both for different reasons, right? So the people who were coming to advisor 
we're trying to kind of gauge what advisors were looking for and feeling and basically to gauge some of the startup firms, the less mature firms. And really the focus of enterprise was more on the more mature firms and a lot of things around adoption um, and things that only really matter to the larger firms. And then the other thing we found is because there's been a lot of M&A activity on the advisor side, some of the very large advisors, you know, some of their issues and problems were better addressed at enterprise than they were at advisor. So now, you know, there is, the lines are a little more blurred, let's put it that way. Yeah, I would agree because we work with a number of RIA aggregators or RIA consolidators and they operate very similar to how an IBD would function. In technically, you know, the only thing that difference is legally, right? They're not underfitted. Right. Otherwise, in terms so of- So they come to both, but yeah. they send the same people to both, right? People who are in charge of, let's say, finding new and exciting technologies would come to advisor because that's usually where the emerging technologies are. And then they would send somebody to enterprise to deal with more of the, you know, the maturity, if you will, issues. How do you get implementation? How do you get people to actually use new software once you roll it out, those kind of things? How do you manage multiple licenses? How do you manage cybersecurity at an enterprise level versus a small firm level? Exactly. And, and firms that when you've got multiple RIAs under your purview, you know, multiple independent firms that each need their own databases, like their own CRM, their own, you know, they, yep. they need to be separate, their own permissioning. You tend to have different, you ha tend to have the same problems as other enterprise firms that are very different than a standalone RIA would have. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So let's talk more about that. So the, um, we're, we've combined enterprise and advisor. They, um, as you said, mergers and acquisitions were, are coming fast and furious. We don't expect any shortage of those. You know, I'm hearing from more PE firms. I know our, our, my company, Ezra Group, we're, we're hearing a lot more from PE firms asking, you know, poking around the industry. Hey, we're looking to invest in, in fintechs now. Yep. It's, hot. it's a hot space now. All of a sudden for them, they want to get involved. Uh, you know, so are you going to see more PE firms at uh, T3? And how will that change how, uh, the, how things work? Well, I think we started to see that transition two or three years ago and for a number of reasons, right? I mean, there are PE firms that own a lot of the companies that have historically participated in T3. So they want to come there to support their investments, if you will. And obviously a lot of them are looking for additional investments. Last year for the first time, you know, we also saw some stock analysts and the reason, you know, primarily was the TD Schwab merger. So people were trying to figure out if it was going to happen, what it was going to look like, and if there was going to be more of that kind of activity going on. So the mix has changed. You know, when we started, we were strictly T3 advisor was strictly for advisors. T3 enterprise was primarily for IBDs because there were a lot of them at that time. We knew there was going to be a lot of M&A activity there and that market was going to shrink. So, you know, we've opened up to, over time, the roll-ups, credit unions. We have some overseas banks coming now to enterprise. So the mix has changed over time, and particularly with advisor, you know, where it was all um, advisors. Now, advisors are still a great part of it, but the mature firms don't necessarily come to T3 to get more advisors. They come to speak to their existing advisors because they come to T3. 
They come to do integration deals. They come to also checking out the M&A space because a lot of the firms that have been coming to T3 for years, certainly some of them have been acquisitive over the years. Look at, you know, everybody from some of the broker dealers, the, the custodians, Investnet, Orion, to name just a few, right? I mean, all of these firms have done acquisitions. And so, you know, that's where the ecosystem meets and all the magic happens. The Invest in Others Charitable Foundation offers a wide array of programs that provide opportunities for advisors to secure funding for the nonprofits that they're passionate about. I'm proud to serve as a judge for the Invest in Others Awards this year, which recognize the charitable work of financial advisors by providing them with hefty contributions for their charities. There are four award categories, Catalyst, Community Service, Volunteer of the Year, and Lifetime Achievement. This is my third year judging these programs, and this year I'm on the panel for Volunteer of the Year, which recognizes advisors who have rolled up their sleeves and made a difference with the nonprofit in a hands-on way. The finalists will be announced in July, and winners will be announced at the Invest in Others Awards Gala on September 22nd in Boston. Looking forward to that. The finalists will each bring home $20,000 for their designated charities, and this jumps to $50,000 for the category winners, with the Lifetime Achievement Award winner bringing home a whopping $75,000. This money cannot uh, doesn't grow in trees. It comes from donations like you are going to make right now. You're going to go to the investinothers.org website and make a donation. Hopefully your company will match it. Or maybe you can talk to your company about making an even bigger donation to help continue uh, the money going to these worthy causes. That's the Invest in Others Foundation, investinothers.org. True. And the I've noticed more startups at T3. I know last year there were a number of interesting uh, companies like FP Alpha and you know that were and, and that were there that were were just starting out and showing new, new technology, which I think is very interesting to people and because that's what they want to see. They want to see what's new that's out there. They want to see what's different, what they don't have, and what they can you know, either um, bring into their firms that can give them a differentiator or help to, to launch some new products based on that. Yeah, one of our calling cards, I think, has always been that we try and showcase some of those firms that don't get a lot of attention. You know, I get calls from, on a typical year, you know, probably 30, 40, 50 of those firms we don't want them all at T3 because a lot of them we just think don't have legs, right? But the ones that we think do, we want to bring them to the attention of uh, the advisor public and to the ecosystem at large. I, you know, quite frankly, I think this past year has been very challenging for those types of firms because um, it's very difficult in this environment for them to get attention. And so I think there'll be, you know, probably a little bit fewer of them at T3 than in a typical year. And, you know, some of the ones that we saw their launch last year, I think will be returning and will get more attention this year. One you mentioned, FP Alpha, I think is a really good example of a firm that you know, was very raw last year, but I think had a lot of potential. And since that time, they've come a long way. And I think people will be impressed with the growth and the progress they've made over the past year. Another firm I wanted to mention was Holista Plan. They were at your uh, conference last year, and I thought they were uh, interesting, an interesting vendor with some new tech. And the another thing that we saw that was new was model marketplaces. 
do you see a lot of model marketplaces uh, coming to T3 and, and what's behind yeah. that expansion of that particular distribution channel? Sure, I think there's a couple of things in, at play there, right? So software companies struggle because advisors don't wanna pay BIPs for software, right? They wanna pay a flat licensing fee. And a number of firms tried you know, to charge BIPs and basically all of them failed with that, um, you know, with that model. And so how do some of these firms hope to get paid something more than a licensing fee? Well, asset management, people do pay BIPs, right? So if you can put a model marketplace together and get enough advisors on it, you know, you have some ability, you know, to create scale and to create some growth other than a flat fee and having to worry about raising prices every few years. So yes, we're seeing more and more firms trying to roll out model marketplaces. At the same time, you have asset managers who say, not asset managers, asset management companies who wanna add value to advisors. And typically in the past, they had wholesalers and those wholesalers added value. Today, they don't, right? It's very hard to add value because it's become a commodity. So they're looking for new distribution and these model marketplaces are a great way for them to get distribution. So, you know, I mean, that's what's happening. And because of that, a lot of firms have initiated model marketplaces over the last few years in our space. And I mentioned to you earlier, I think you'll see at least probably two more roll out, if not more model marketplaces before T3 rolls around in September. I would not be surprised in the least by that. We've done a number of projects for different, almost every type of firm that's involved in model marketplaces, whether we've done for asset managers, we've done for fintechs looking to launch model marketplaces, we've done for wealth management firms, interested in model marketplaces. We're seeing model marketplaces uh, launching and expanding in other areas, not just models, but you know, more, more marketplaces for uh, annuities, marketplaces for alternative investments, in uh, a lot of other products, so, it's becoming it's becoming a really a very interesting topic for people. Yeah, those are a little bit different, and and you know you have to give Investnet a lot of credit for that. I think they were the first ones that really got a lot of um, attention for it, and were very vocal about some of those other mar model market not model marketplaces, whether it's insurance, debt, what have you. I'll tell you, the only surprise to me is that it's taken so long. To me, this is a natural extension of what advisors do anyway. Um, you know, advisors never had much of a financial incentive to advise on debt. Good advisors always did. Same thing with insurance. But advisors are in a better plate position to know, you know, what the client situation is and what the appropriate product mix is. Um, I think from if you're looking at insurers, for example, or, you know, somebody who's trying to extend loans, if you think about it, the advisor client community is probably a much better risk pool than the nation at large. And so they should be able to give more attractive pricing. And so it should be a win-win. And I, I do expect it to expand across the industry. It, to me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, we see that definitely expanding just the number of firms coming to us asking for help asking for projects looking to build out just tells me yep. that 
it's going to be an explosion. You know, that we're going to continue to see these. Uh, and it could, you know, right now we have, I don't have any data on the, uh, the market share that these modern marketplaces are gathering. I, I imagine it's low, but at some point there'll, there'll be a tipping point where you'll see a, a majority of assets flowing through because there'll just be so many different marketplaces offering so many different products that are, that'll be tightly integrated into every aspect of an advisor's technology. Agreed. And, you know, I think with regard to the model marketplaces, the challenge I see is how do you differentiate, right? Like if everybody just has the top asset managers and we don't need to name names, we all know who they are, um, there's no differentiation there. So it's just convenience that, hey, I'm using XYZ portfolio management and marketplace or custodian, it's more convenient. But I think what you'll see over time is people trying to differentiate to bring in some unique managers or unique asset classes that others don't have in such a way that it differentiates you. Cause right now they're pretty much all the same. True. Yep. They're, they're, everyone's looking for differentiation and that's why, that's why I said that they're bringing other products, other services or integrating them into the, their, the platform. So if I'm a, a wealth management platform, if I can integrate it into other tools, like Investin is doing, like other firms are doing. You know, look at um, InvestCloud. They've uh, they rebranded um, Tegra as financial supermarkets. So they see it, the writing on the wall as well, and they're looking to to do that. You know, uh, to looking to to move into that to make it more of a, a marketplace like experience rather than a, a monolithic platform. Yeah, I mean, we're getting a little bit away from technology, but you know, I think part of the challenge has been with some of these marketplaces that the um, product manufacturers have not created the right products for the advisor marketplace. So for example, you know, if you're a fee-only advisor and you want to advise on, on life insurance, is there a product out there today that's significantly superior you know, to what's out there in retail and that better meets the needs of advisor clients? And to date, to a large extent, the answer has been no. You know, there is some development out there. There's a lot of talk about creating specific products for the advisor marketplace. And I think once the manu product manufacturers really understand what the advisor community needs and what their clients need, then it'll really take off. So let's shift the focus back to technology. Let's talk about yes, a fintech accelerator <laughs> that you have at T3 called Scratchworks. This is really exciting. I think it'd be a really, really great um, event at T3 for people who are there. So can you talk about how that's going to work? Sure. So I'll just give you a basic outline. All the uh, detailed information is on the website. You can go to the Scratchworks website. But essentially, they're still taking applications. Um, so there's a screening process that these startups go through. And if you make the cut, you get to the final, which will be at T3. And then it's sort of a shark tank type, shark tank type of event where you have some of the best people in the industry, you know, who are investors in these kind of businesses, uh, Marty Bicknell, uh, Mariner, you got Ron Carson to name just a few. And, you know, part of the process is if a shark likes them, shark has the opportunity to invest in one of those firms. And, Obviously, it's not just getting the dollars, it's also getting the intellectual capital that comes with those dollars 
that I think can really help accelerate some of these firms and take them to the next level. So it's a tremendous opportunity for a firm that's just starting out in the business, A, to get some recognition, B, to get some capital, and C, to get you know, some intellectual property from some of the best in the business. And we are just so excited about having Scratchworks as part of T3. Quite frankly, I don't understand why it wasn't part of T3 from the beginning because it is technology focused and it's just a perfect fit for our ecosystem. You always look back and say, why didn't we do this earlier? It seemed like, it seemed like a, a no brainer, but you, you don't realize until till you do it and it works out great. You know, and I think also publicity for a lot of these smaller companies can be very valuable. Yeah, recognition for sure. And, you know, think about the people in the audience, the people in the audience, as opposed to wherever they were before, it is a tech crowd. So, you know, you're reaching the type of people who are going to be the early adopters and most likely biotechnology, assuming it's technology that's focused on the advisor community. So it's a win-win all around. Or well, lots of partners would be there, firms that might want to uh, connect to your APIs or integrate with your system and take advantage of you know, unique features or functionality you have or unique ways you're, you're working with data. Um, like Intergen Data was at your conference last year and they were when they were really new. Love those guys. They, they cleaned up. Uh, uh, full disclosure, I'm on their advisory board, but that's how I met them is through your conference and I would never have known. And I won't hold that against them that they put you on the board. They're still a great firm. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. <laughs> Thanks for that warm welcome, the warm uh, vote of confidence. But you know, so I see them as, as being another company. No, all kidding aside, they are a great firm and they're lucky to have you on the board. I, I really, really like that firm. Yeah, but it's, it just shows how, how think firms are changing the way people think about data in wealth management or think about how to use um, information that's flowing through the wealth management ecosystem in different ways to provide advisors and wealth management firms with, with more actionable intelligence. For sure. So the um, let's move on to other other aspects. So the foundation for financial planning is going to be at the conference this year. So um, that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I mean, you know, there's a lot of organizations and things going on in the industry that we don't intersect with a lot because for the first 20 years I was in this business, Everybody thought we were this little technology thing over by the side and we really weren't part of the advisor community. Um, but, you know, fr from the outset, from the beginning of T3, we are always realized that, you know, advisors were challenged by technology. They were going to need more technology going forward and the whole ecosystem would. And, you know, you don't necessarily think of a nonprofit like the foundation as you know, a natural fit for T3, but they have some challenges with regard to technology. In other words, they don't have technology and they need some help in figuring out, you know, what technologies they need, um, how to become more efficient, how to deliver more pro bono help to those who need it so much, you know, particularly, um, you know, in the times we're in today with COVID and everything. And so clearly anything that T3 can do and our partners can do to help them figure some of this stuff out, um, we're very anxious to do. And so we want to partner with them to help them serve their community better. Yeah, that's awesome. You got to give back. And it, it's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's all about helping out the industry 
you know, that's, that's you know, one of the reasons why I started my blog and why I, I, I was going to a lot of conferences and just trying to give back a little bit. And I think that, that having the, the foundation for financial planning at, at T3 is a great example of giving something back to the industry. Yeah, and we really do want to help them. And I think just exposing them to the, you know, to what we do, if nothing else, will open their eyes to the possibilities. Um, and I think, you know, the catalyst for that is they have some great board members like uh, Kate Healy, for example, um, Steve Larson, is a T. Rowe Price. Um, I think uh, Eric Clark is on the board. So they have some great board members who understand um, where the foundation and some of their partners are lacking and anything we can do to help them come into the 21st century technologically, um, we're more than happy to do. One of the big vendors that's gonna be at T3 this year is Salesforce and they're gonna have a, a much larger presence than before. And they've, they've slowly increased their presence in wealth management over the years I've noticed. And that's you know, sort of mirrored in their expanding role in T3. What, what, are, what's, what do we have in store for, from Salesforce this year? Well, I think, you know, Salesforce, when they first tried to attack the wealth management space, didn't really have a good understanding of how it operated and, you know, how to optimize their presence. And I think a number of folks um, that have joined Salesforce over the years, Andy Wang is one, and, and a number of his team members um, who came from other industry participants um, have a much better understanding and so slowly they've been ramping up their presence at T3. They've done it strategically. Um, they're trying to work cooperatively now, I think with some of the other vendors in the industry, much more collaboratively. And they're encouraging some of their um, third party partners to come to T3 as well. And, and as you know, m and activity has taken place in our industry and as you have the roll-ups, you have these larger firms you know, that really can benefit from what Salesforce has to offer. You know, I don't even think of Salesforce as CRM anymore. I really think of it more as a platform. And I think that's part of the message they're trying to get across. And what they're really trying to do is to be a better partner to wealth management firms. So we're really looking forward to their participation. I look at them less as playing almost a sales role at T3 and more as playing a role as a thought leader in the industry and trying to you know, share their learnings from other verticals and trying to learn more about our vertical. So I think that's positive uh, development that's really taken place over the last two or three years with regard to Salesforce. Yeah, I would agree. We've, we've seen them expand their ecosystem be way beyond CRM to have so many different options there. Their advisor, not advisor exchange, their app exchange allows, you know, has hundreds and hundreds of options that firms can deploy software in, in every different aspect of, of the business life cycle all through Salesforce. And they're, they're moving into different verticals, which is uh, good news and bad news. It, you know, it's, it's good because it gives, you know, in our vertical, more choices for, for firms, especially enterprise firms. Uh, bad news for vendors who have to now compete against them since they're so tightly yep. integrated and be, have they, they've become one of the most popular options. I mean, most of our enterprise clients use Salesforce for CRM. It's, because it's almost a table stakes. So why not use the rest of their tools. It's almost like Microsoft in the past when they built uh, their suites of services, suites of software. It's like, well, why not just use Excel for free? You're getting it. So uh, it starts to become a de facto option for people. And 
And it's 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 good that they're they're showing up at T3 and and making a presence and explaining more about what the services are offering. Yeah, I think there's really you know sort of this split in the industry. You have the larger firms going in one direction, the smaller firms going in the other, and probably that's reflected very much so in the CRM space, right? I mean, Redtail is unbelievable. They have over 150,000 users, and for the type of firm that can benefit from what they have, you know, dollar for dollar, there's no better CRM in the industry. On the other hand, if you're trying to build an enterprise, you know, you need a different tool set, right? And, and you may need not just CRM, you may need a platform, and that's going to lead you to something like Salesforce, obviously. Joel, uh, you've said it all, and I'm gonna have to wrap things up here. Well, time flies, man. So. Uh, T3 conference, one of the top conferences, top advisor conferences over the past six years, um, recognized by Michael Keats's and Keats's.com. And there's going to be two tracks, the enterprise and advisor. It's going to be uh, from September 27th to October 1st this year at the Denton Convention Center in Dallas. Beautiful place. Uh, I really liked, liked, it, liked it there the, the, uh, when I was there last year or no, the 20, in 2019. Man, time flies. Uh, that was awesome. So uh, if I'm a financial advisor or wealth management firm or technology vendor, how can I register for this fantastic conference? Well, you can sign up right now at the T3 website. You can go to T3 conferences or T3 technology hub. Uh, there's an early bird special that's out there right now. I think we also just sent you for your listeners, a special discount code that gives them an additional $100 off. So you can publicize all that. Um, to your advisors, I think it just went out today. But we expect to have like a great presence from advisors at T3 this year. Um, we think there's a lot of pent up demand for some live networking. And you know, to your point, the last time we were in Denton, we just had a great time. Um, I think everybody did and we want to exceed people's expectations this year. On a typical year, I go to, I don't know, 30 conferences or more. And um, wow, you know, I, I kind of went through withdrawal over the last year. So I'm certainly Joel. looking to get out. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate it. Thanks for all the uh, giving that to all of our listeners. And thanks for being on the program. 100 episodes since your first appearance and you're still going strong. I can't believe it's been 100 episodes already. It's really amazing, Craig. Congratulations to you. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Talk to you. Hey, it's Craig again. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Tech Today podcast. You can find our newsletter and blog on our website, EzraGroupLLC.com. And we're also on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Please check us out there. And tune in next week for more great wealth management content. And uh, don't forget, for the T3 conference, you can use the code EZRA2021 for a discount. And I'll talk to everyone again next time.